Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best, that's right, the best Big 3 account in the universe, Big 3 News, a.k.a. Will, back with another edition of The Fourth Man. Will, what's going on? Are you are you healthy? Are you avoiding the virus? Uh, well, given the fact that uh, I am now on an extended spring break uh, because of the virus, I certainly hope that I'm healthy, but I think what incubation is, what, 7 to 14 days? So by the next episode, we should know if I have contracted the coronavirus. Yeah, you and me both. I think at that point, it could be all of us. Thanks for tuning back in to episode 33. If you want to find the show on Twitter or Instagram, it's at 4th Man Pod. If you want to find our personal handles, it's at Big3News at A underscore Siggy. And if you're listening to us on Dash Radio on this fine Thursday morning. We appreciate you guys tuning in. You can find us on the Nothing But Net channel there. So welcome to the show for those who are new or thanks for coming back to those who are returning on Dash Radio again. Appreciate you being on the tuning in and we appreciate Dash Radio for letting us share some big three news with the rest of the basketball community out there. And kind of a short first half of the show here because there hasn't been a lot of news obviously with the effects of the coronavirus, you know, throughout United States mostly, but then, you know, with that, throughout Asia and, you know, parts of parts of Europe there. However, we do have a little bit of news that's kind of exciting to talk about, but let me ask you, Will, let's, do you want to start with the good news, the bad news, or the optimistic news? Oh, God. I mean, it is funny, right, that you say that, because I feel like since our last episode, uh, we have really probably gotten the best news of the offseason and the worst possible news this offseason yeah so i mean i guess you know i'm a big fan i feel like the the good news will at least lead into our interview uh and i'm a big fan of ending on a high note so i guess let's just start off with the most recent uh bad news yeah i mean i think that's a perfect way to to chronologically put it i mean let's start here obviously everyone knows about the coronavirus it's been affecting multiple leagues it's affecting the ncaa tournament coming up pretty much everybody in the sports world is affected by it so of course most of us saw this coming probably the big three has now recently released a statement here on wednesday at around a little bit i guess around six o'clock here on the east coast saying that in response to the coronavirus outbreak Six weeks of the big three games will be moved to L.A. in a more remote, uh, small venue, which means they're only going to be playing in their first three games that have been advertised to start the season, Memphis, New York, and Portland. And then the rest of the season will be in L.A., which, you know, we talked about it briefly on the show. We're a little confused by just because, you know, based on where the effects of this virus are, are taking place seems to be on either all the way west coast and all the way east coast however the big three obviously felt like they need to make something in order to prevent their players from 
being affected by this and making sure that their players are healthy and ready to play throughout the season. It's disappointing, Will. Um, I think for, you know, especially this season, there were a number of cities that were going to get to experience the big three live and in person. And now, while a couple of cities still get to do that, it's not going to be, it seems like it's not going to be the same experience. No, I mean, you know, you, you've basically now you're taking six cities, uh, most notably probably uh, that DC game, which was looking to really be like, you know, the the place to be. Um, it looks like even to Detroit, they moved the championship out of Detroit. At least, I don't know. I, I That's what I'm assuming. That's at least what I'm getting looking out of this press release. It looks like they, they moved the championship. Uh, but I'm assuming that they, they probably are going to want to play that in front of a crowd. I don't know. Um, just at least just because the playoffs are in front of a crowd. But man, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm honestly, you know, I, I don't want to say that I'm shocked because I, I knew I, I knew they're going to have to take some measure. Uh, but just now seeing it laid out and seeing the plan, I'm honestly, you know, I mean, no more, no more DC, no more Miami, no more Chicago. You're a little bummed. I mean, these were, these were, I'm, I'm bummed, man. I'm bummed out. Yeah. I mean, rightfully so. I, I am as well. You know, it's, it's good that, you know, Memphis is still going to be on the schedule. First time for big three coming to Memphis. It's good that Portland gets a chance to see the big three, but yeah, certainly disappointing. And and it, it's also good that we get to have the outside venue, you know, in New York City. I think that's going to be one of the, or at least it will be now, but I think it was one of the better, more exciting, entertaining games on the schedule. Now I feel like it's probably the most exciting game on the schedule, in my opinion. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, bias, probably. Yeah, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's super disappointing and only to make, you know, not to make matters too much worse, but with there being so many conflicting ways to go in, in other sports leagues, you know, with the NBA, you know, the NCAA tournaments not allowing fans uh, throughout, it seems like throughout most of these conference tournaments and the the big, uh, the big shaban there, but also the NBA is trying to contemplate exactly what measure they're going to take in terms of whether they should go on a hiatus for however long or continue to play games without fans, you know, that could, you know, be correlated to us if they if they ultimately decide on Thursday that they are going to go into a hiatus because the whole point of when the big three season starts is after the NBA season's over to continue that basketball season into the summer. You know, there's there's a lot at stake here because of this and it's just tough because we've seen obviously tons of outbreaks throughout, you know, even our young lives and we just see ultimately how they end up. You know, while it is bad and we want everyone to be held, healthy and uh, safe out there, it seems like more than ever, this is being overly blown out of proportion. And it's ultimately just a tough blow, especially in what's going to be, you know, the best year of the big three. And with so much going on this summer with, with the big three and the Olympics, uh, you know, it's kind of around the time of the NBA playoffs and the finals, you know, it just as a sports fan, you're disappointed, but more importantly, I think as a, as a big three fan and in the people in the big three community, you're, you're definitely disappointed that most of these guys you, you were planning on seeing maybe traveling to a few cities to, uh, to go see them play, uh, 
more than likely you're not going to get that chance. So super, super disappointing. Yeah. I mean, I put it pretty well, partner. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the craziest thing is now that like I'm looking at this, I'm having time to digest it. You know, uh, it looks like the championship, you know, it's at least going to be moved out of Detroit for the time being. Uh, that's at least what the press release says. So I don't know exactly what the plans for that are going to be. Um, I don't know how flexible the league is going to be with this. Uh, you know, they, they said that they're kind of, it's going to be a non-arena venue. So that to me means there's not really going to be fans there, only like essential personnel as we've been seeing. Um, but, you know, how flexible are, going to be, are they going to be with this? If Is this still, excuse me, if this is still an issue come, uh, you know, June or July, or if this thing's just completely blown over, are they going to have the opportunity to, you know, go to more cities or, or at least yeah. invite fans into the events? I don't know. You know, I mean, I really hope that this is all sort of blown over. And I think you bring up an, ex- an interesting point, too. You know, uh, you guys will know before us this Thursday if the league decide if the NBA decides to postpone the season just to, you know, uh, continue because they don't want to play without fans, you know, that, that heavily affects the big three, especially, too, uh, in Portland and Memphis, which are two NBA arenas, um, you know, and just depending on where the playoffs and stuff are, you might, you know, you could have, especially in Memphis, you could have a playoff in the middle of a playoff series, uh, and then the big three comes, you know, I, I don't know. There, there's so many questions here that we just aren't going to have the answers to. Yeah, no doubt. I think you I think you hit it right on the head there. And I think you kind of led into the optimistic part of this is that, you know, if this is something that people come to find that and I don't I don't want to like undersell this at all like this, you know, we should be taking it lightly. Obviously, we don't really know how it's being affected until you're directly affected by it. So I don't want to, you know, yeah, take it super lightly and, and not have sympathy for the people who have contracted it and are, you know, are losing family members by this. That's not what I'm trying to get at at all. However, what I am saying is that they're putting a scare on the entire country and other countries around the world. And if this ends up being something a little bit more minor than than maybe media outlets and, and news are saying, you know, it's, it's going to be disappointing. But I think also that leads into like an optimistic part of it is that, you know, maybe there there will be a light at the end of, uh, end of the tunnel here. I mean, maybe we will have chances to play back in those venues depending on how the, what the contract states or or what they what plans they have in place. I mean, maybe maybe they will be able to have fans at all their games and they'll get to play at a cool LA venue that is has tons of seating for people to come play. I don't I don't know. I mean, I there's obviously a lot of scenarios that could play out. That's just more of the optimistic part that I I'm trying to continue to hold, you know, hopefully this is something that people are able to find a resolution for and, and a cure for ultimately at least subdue some of the effects that are happening. And, and hopefully, you know, a month from now things kind of go back into order and, and, you know, all these sporting events and, and schedule changes aren't happening so much. So ultimately you can only be optimistic, but I mean, you're right. We're not going to be able to answer a lot of questions. It's just, it just kind of sucks. You know, it just kind of sucks that, a lot of these yeah. cities, especially that DC game. I mean, the Detroit game. Detroit oh, was man. such a great city when the Big Three came to play there. I, week one last year, it was great. 
The energy was great. I think yeah. they, they really kicked off a great big three season there. And then D.C., obviously, that's a place where, you know, Gilbert Redens was going to make his return, I think, was probably the biggest headline. But a place that the big three has been trying to play for the past two years. And they finally get a chance to show off the big three in D.C. And they're, they're not going to get that opportunity. I mean, at least right now, that's how it seems. So certainly disappointing. You know, we can only continue to monitor monitor what comes out, but, you know, hopefully we can find some type of resolution for this. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I mean, you know, I'm on, I'm honestly, you know, I'm speechless and I'm not really speechless because I disagree with anything the big three did or anything or like I'm speechless. Or they're just, I'm just speechless that it's come to this, you know? Yeah. And it's a little weird because there was a report today that came out where China was the 14 day quarantine period was over and they were wanting USA or players from the U S to come back over to resume the season. Yeah. I'm a little confused that, you know, what that means, you know, also confused as this, this China tour, which, you know, has been heavily affected by different things, you know, where, where yeah, let's sit? talk about that. I mean, dude. I mean, the, I, I saw you post that and I, you know, I was thinking in my head, wow, I completely forgot about that because I think that's just that everyone's, is that the back of everyone's mind because of what happened at the tail end of 20, 2019 there? And then how we've gone into this new year. I mean, what happens there? You know, I'm, I don't, I don't know. And, and also like another interesting thing is that like most fates, he was a guy who was playing in China this past year. So yeah, there's so many different things. I mean, what, are, what, what about the China tour? I mean, this is obviously something that's going to be canceled. Right. I mean, at at this point, I would have to imagine. I would have to imagine that uh, they're just going to cancel it. Yeah, and if but I if not cancel it, I don't know. Players, players definitely. I I don't want to say definitely, but more than likely, ninety percent are probably not going to go. You know, just with concerns. Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, concerns going over there. Concerns being able to get back into the states here. I mean, exactly. A lot of risk there. So. It's unfortunate. Um, like I said, we can only continue to monitor it and can only hope for the best here. And with that being said, let's try to end this half on a positive note because we have a great guest coming on today. But let's preface that a little bit with the fact that Zach Randolph, Zebo is coming to the big three. And he's joining Trilogy. And I'm, I'm still shocked about that news. That was a week ago. Yeah. You know. I, mean, I feel like I mean we got so unlucky with the timing of it, right? <laughs> right, exactly. We got so unlucky. I mean, we this was sort of something that we all kind of knew that was like in the cards, definitely. Sure, yeah. Um, and we heard definitely chatter. I think just the biggest mystery was what team was he going to go to. <laughs> well, um, and then so let's let's actually talk about the most important thing. You called it. You absolutely nailed I, that prediction on the last episode. That's that's probably the biggest highlight of my life. I mean, if if anyone asks, you know, biggest moments of your life, me calling Zebo to trilogy is definitely on there. Definitely, definitely I mean, I was five. sitting here, I was like, wow, like you know, Stephen Jackson, man, like he knew he wouldn't be back to Killer Three, so he's 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 recruiting Zach Randolph to Killer Three to take his spot, and you're like, you know, actually, what if he's what if he's just uh, bringing him to trilogy? And I was like, wow, like I, I didn't even think of that as a possibility. And but so you're right. So so Jason Terry won't be back. 
We're still sort of waiting to see what happens with that. Um, That, as far as I know, that is still sort of up in the air. Um, But I know that the idea of him no longer returning to the big three, um, that's not a definite, you know. So he could be back next season, but just not for Trilogy. Um, But, I mean, dude, you look at those three captains. You look at uh, Hawk. You look at James White. And you look at Zebo, Dude. That is I mean, nasty. I mean, let's just look at all of our captains right now. Between reigning champs of Trilogy, we obviously know who they have, and Joe Johnson with Al Jefferson and Gennaro Parker there. Then we got Power. Or, then we have Bivlack, who acquired most baits this offseason to add to Josh Smith and Will Bynum. Then we got Power, who decided to make Royce White a co-captain of their team while promoting Katina Mobley and then also bringing back Glenn Davis. And now we have Zebo, James White, and David Hawkins on the same team. I mean, it's it's unfortunate about this. I know I don't want to bring this back into our good news part of this, but it's unfortunate because this season is going to be so insane. I mean, four teams already have their captain set, and I can only imagine how the rest of the league is going to shake up. And I think as far as the Zebo news goes, I mean, Perfect match, right? I mean, we've been speculating this all off season for different teams, different situations. We've talked to different guests. I mean, it's as if the if Zebo swiped right and got the big three on Tinder. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it's the perfect match, right? I mean, this this is something that we were pretty confident on because it just didn't make sense. He's going to dominate in this league. You know, I don't know to what extent. Oh, absolutely. And I know that this is his first year in the league, but him being able to post up you know, assert himself, there being it, it being a little bit more physical and it, it's just all it's all so perfect for his game and I, I can't wait to see him play. But I mean, is there a chance that trilogy is, is playoff bound this year? Uh playoff bound, I would say it's a disappointment if they're not Oh wow. Uh competing for a championship. Wow, that's I mean, and we don't obviously know how the rest of the teams are gonna shake up, but I mean, yeah, you're right, and yeah, I would be disappointed if they didn't make a championship. I mean, this is a team that I'm looking at, and I'm thinking, like, is this, like, maybe, uh, I don't want to say undefeated because there are a lot of good teams in this league, but is this, like, a one- or two-loss team in in the 2020 year? I I definitely think it's possible. I mean, I think the closest... uh, you know, thing you can sort of compare this to is that uh, that 2018 three-headed monsters team with Reggie Evans, Richard Lewis, and Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. Yeah, that was a and that nice. was only that was a, that was a two-loss team until Richard Lewis got hurt. Uh, but, but that's so, kind of the thing. I feel like all these teams are kind of. I mean, all four of these teams so far, as far as captains go, I feel like they kind of all could be stacked up to that three-headed monsters team i mean that's how good i think all uh, these these captains these captains are right now and yeah i i say that more so like for triplets i know that you know Joe johnson obviously carries a lot of the load but with them being the rating champions i mean you can't undermine anything that who they have or you know who's been playing or how their season went last year because they won it all no they have they have a lot of great uh everyone around joe johnson is just as important as joe johnson I mean, nice. really. I mean, if you watch that team play, like, 
you know, they, they do all the little things right just to make Joe Johnson uh, life that much easier. But no, you're right. You're 100% right. But and so it's going to be interesting to see how these teams draft. I think that'll end up being the difference. Um, but, you know, God, man, I mean, just you just look at that starting lineup. I mean, if everybody can stay healthy. If you can get eight games out of all of those out of David Hawkins, James White and uh, and Zach Randolph, I, I mean, you would have to imagine that, you know, even with unless they just completely go out there and they draft, you know, three three me's uh, in that draft for their bench, you'd have to imagine that they're making the playoffs. Hey, I think don't undersell yourself. I think they could win with three three U's out there and the rest of their team. With that starting lineup, I don't doubt it. <laughs> I mean, you know, you might want, not want to handle the ball so much. You might want to try to get it as out of your hands as much as possible. But that's true. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think definitely with the with the the year you're having in your league, the stats you're putting up, dude. I, have you been Have you been looking at my stats? No, but you know. The, the one time, <laughs> the one time you shared them on here, you know, incredible stats. I dropped, I dropped six. I probably last game, I probably had six. I want to oh, say, nice. uh, I honestly, I'll give myself like six, six, and four. Oh wow, okay, a little bit of everything. Yeah, so that's that's pretty. That's yeah, oh yeah, a like little, Swiss Army knife. So a little Royce that's, White that's, in there. Okay, I, I oh like absolutely, it. player comp, absolutely Royce White. <laughs> going going to uh, break the assist record here with trilogy. Yes. I mean, all you have to do is. Put, Throw it in the post for Zebo or oh oh my god throw it to I Hawk would, or James you know, White. It's easy. I'd almost look like competent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just don't ask me really to do anything on defense. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you, there's not much no. help defense there. But you know, hold your own there. Maybe draw a couple charges. Right. Exactly. Just kind of you know get in the guy's ear. You know, hopefully he punches <laughs> me, gets ejected. Oh yeah. Just get as many players as you can ejected. Then if it's only if they only have two players left because. You've gotten in their, under their skin so much, then then you don't have to play any defense, right? Exactly. Uh, also, shout out to your uh, shout out to the guy who messaged you on Twitter and just asked you what's up. Super cool. Oh yeah, let me get his name. Hold on. Uh, shout out to AJ Wall. Yeah, big shout out to him. I, that's super cool. I'm sure we'll greatly Keep appreciate your that. <laughs> Yeah, and for everybody else, uh, maybe you could take AJ's lead and also ask me how I'm doing. Yeah, I, you know, I'm sure AJ would tell you it's a, it was a worthwhile experience. <laughs> he could, he, you could really use support right now with the the circumstances. I really, I honestly, really could. The circumstances going on around you need need. If only you knew. <laughs> if only you all knew. Need <laughs> need that 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 level of positivity radiating through the the Twitterverse yeah. there. So. And hey, listen, I'll tell you the best thing. If you ask me how I'm doing, I'm going to ask you how you're doing. Oh, wow. So not, if you need, only if you need just Do you yeah. get to greet? Do they get to greet you or or ask you how you're doing, but you're also going to greet them back? Say hello 110%. to them. 110%. Wow. Yes, that's that's the that's the big three news guarantee. <laughs> Love it. So, despite all the the bad news up front, we definitely wanted to end this this part half of the episode on a positive note. And I think after all that, we should tell to tell everybody who's today's guest is, which is one of those trilogy captains, David Hawkins. So super excited to talk with him. Will, I know you're a big David Hawkins guy since I'm since a big I'd Hawk guy. 
I know you've been a big fan of his game since since probably before I knew you, and super excited to talk with him a little bit about the upcoming season, his journey throughout the league. It's obviously he's evolved as a player, become so prevalent in this league because of his outstanding performances throughout the past two seasons. Now he's a co-captain. Now he gets a chance to play with Steven Jackson as a head coach and Zebo as his teammate, along with James White there. And this is going to be a fun conversation. One of the OGs of the league. Here is David Hawkins. Joining us on this edition of The Fourth Man is Trilogy co-captain and one of the OGs of the Big Three, Season 2 MVP candidate, David Hawkins, Hawkman. Appreciate you joining. Super excited, like I said, prior to us talking here. Uh, how's it going, man? Everything's going well, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So super excited to talk to you. Obviously, you got a big season ahead with Season 4. A lot of changes made. But let's start kind of at the beginning of your Big 3 career. We like to ask people who coming on for the first time, you know, how they got started, how the opportunity came about to play in the Big 3. So kind of want to hear your story, how you got, you know, how you found out about the big three and what got you intrigued to play in it? Oh, well, I actually heard about the big three from, um, from Roger Mason. Um, before it all started, he was saying, saying it was an idea that, uh, it was going to be a league for, for players. It started out with players who, pretty much at the end of their professional career or not playing in the NBA. And, uh, but he didn't have a, at that point it was just, you know, in the real early stages. So at that time I went back to play in Europe. So when I, when I found out that they was going on with it, you know, I, um, um, they reached out, uh, reached out, I filled out the paperwork and everything, but I wasn't able to get to the combine. I think the first year was in Vegas, but since it was in season, I couldn't make it there. So that draft, I didn't get drafted, but my name was in the draft pool. And not too long after the draft, they they allowed each team to select a reserve for if somebody has a, a injury or can't make it that week. So three's company, um, with the cap with the coach, 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 the player coach was uh, Allen Iverson, but the the captain, the captain, co-captain was Demar Johnson. So he made me, you know, the reserve. So that season, season one, I actually played in four cities. I think Philadelphia, Chicago, um, Philadelphia, Chicago, Los Angeles. And I want to say uh, Washington or Seattle. So that was season one for me with Three's Company as a reserve. And yeah, and uh, sure, uh, no one saw you busting out to under the scene there in year two. We talked to Dermar a little bit. I mean, what what's your what's the connection between you guys? Did you guys know each other previously? And and obviously, he's he's been great throughout the draft process. Just you know, picking guys that. He knows they're going to be pretty good between you, you know, Andre Owens, Andre Emmett there. So, what did you guys have a connection beforehand? Yeah, for sure. Me and Demar are from the same city, and um, nice. He's a little older than me, but we played with the same AAU program. 
we played against each other in high school, but with um, with DC Assault, we was on the same team um, for a few tournaments. So I've been on DJ since my teenage years, young young teenage years. Okay, way back then. Yeah. So that's where it all started for for that, and then that's why I knew um, I couldn't risk, you know, not being drafted or. Or giving myself a chance to get drafted and uh you know being a reserve again or maybe that not working out so season two season two um before i signed to play in, in italy i let that team know that i had to be gone sometime in april to make the combine so it was no nothing gonna hold me back from from being out there and that was in la so that's that's how season two started. I actually went to the combine, and um, that's when I got drafted by Tri-State. Yeah, so let's talk about season two. I mean, you were, you know, if you weren't the best player in the league, you you were probably, you know, the second best, right behind Corey McGetting winning MVP. And personally, I think you had a pretty strong argument for winning the award yourself. Uh, what was what would you say were the main differences between season one and season two? Oh, yes. Um, season one, you know, everything was new and especially being a reserve by the time I played my first game was like week, week four, week five. And the opportunity wasn't really there to, to the minutes weren't really there, you know? So it was all about like, I guess, opportunity. And, uh, it's different when you're just, you know, when you're, the difference being drafted, you know that all right, they want you here. You're here for a reason. They expect you to do something opposed to being like a reserve. I knew not that DeMar didn't know that I could play, but I knew, you know, that was kind of like a buddy-buddy thing. You know what I'm saying? He looked for sure. out for me. He looked out for me and, uh, and gave me a chance, you know, to get on that platform. But I wasn't, you know, that was Andre Owens' team. That was DeMar's team. But I feel like when I got drafted to Tri-State, <clears throat> Doc told me, you know, he he doesn't want me to fit in. He wants me to stand out. So just having that confidence there and that, and that opportunity made a big difference. What was that like? Uh, you know, obviously that was a pretty big name team. You know, you have Dr. J as a coach. You have Amari Stoudemire and Nate Robinson as teammates. Uh, what was that experience like? It was It was great. It was great starting from, like I said, draft night. You had Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine was the captain. Um, Doc, you know, Doc is a legend. And and the, just the Philly connection there. He played with the Sixers, and I went to Temple. Um, so he's always been a guy that everybody looks up to as a pioneer um, to, the, to the game that we love. So from from draft night, just hearing my name called, the excitement of that, knowing I'm playing against, you know, guys that I've seen play on a high level, all-star players, you know, all-pro players. Then Doc to come to me and, you know, you can imagine I'm I'm with all these names, as you know, and I don't know what to expect, you know. I don't know what's expected from me. I know, you know, I was drafted first round, but I'm like, is this going to be Nate's team? Is I basically didn't know how I was going to fit in. But but Doc could come to me and be like, 
don't basically don't defer to those guys. Make them play off you. Okay. So just let me know. I could come in and just do my thing, and then we all try to have to gel together and figure each other out. Opposed, he basically was telling me to don't be timid. You know, to don't hold back. He drafted me for a reason, so show show the world why. Man, I mean, I I don't see that's how great you, advice. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't see how you don't do that when you got Doctor J telling you to do that. I mean, and it, <laughs> I mean, and it, I mean, it obviously showed. I mean, year two, you got you guys came out the gate so hot. You know, one of two teams that were undefeated through I think like the first three or four weeks had a great year. You mesh really well with them. Then year three comes along and an opportunity to be a co-captain presents itself. How is that process like? And I mean, were there ever thoughts in your head where you're like, man, I kind of want to run it back with Tri-State because of the year we just had? Yeah, but that's honestly, yes. Um, it was kind of like I was comfortable there. That was, we started to figure things out. We fell a little short at the end, but I just felt like we had the right core. But that's the, you know, you can't, we don't make the rules. The rules are as they are. If we would have won it, if we would have won it, we would have been back together. You know what I'm saying? So I got you. I knew that was a, I knew for sure if I went back into that draft pool and Tri-State didn't have a top pick. Oh, yeah. It wasn't no way I was going back there anyway. So, I didn't really, I I didn't really want to to risk that and be stuck in a a, a weird situation, you know, like what? Um, like you didn't want to be to stuck with all over, kind of speak somewhere. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just playing. <laughs> just just a just a weird situation. Just just where I got to start over and figure things out again. No, absolutely. For sure. So that's when Kenyon. First of all, uh, I don't know if I should be saying this or not, but Mike Bibby, he told me since season two, Hulk, if you're there, I'm taking you. Really? If you're available, I'm taking you. He tried to – he actually, as he's coaching now, he was saying if he could coach then and then move me into a captain spot, but, you know, it didn't happen. And, of course, you know, ice is great, so they didn't move ice – they didn't move, remove ice. They just – it was another opportunity for him to coach for uh, Alien now. But he wanted to coach season three. He wanted to coach this past season and make oh, it okay. happen. Yeah, so – but I talked to Kenya, and, you know, Kenya was like uh, – I think when Al went down, Al stepped off. Kenya was like, shoot, Hawk, you – like, again, not – not doing me a favor, but not like – he didn't have to reach too far because it's not like people didn't understand me being a co-captain. But oh, absolutely, you you were you earned it. Yeah, just the relationship just I built with Kenya. He was like, "You you deserve this. You you shouldn't have to go back into the draft." So, and that took a lot of pressure off too. Just knowing it's a whole different feeling when you go out to that draft, knowing that you're locked in, opposed to you know I have to prove myself again. So for sure, I mean being able to pick where you want to go as well, the situations. I mean, it's got to be reassuring to know when the combine rolls around, the draft rolls around, you're already, you're already in a position uh, and a team for the next season. And now you're just kind of seeing who's going to join you guys. So uh, certainly, you know, the process is different. It's for just sure. a different process. 
Yeah, for sure. And you know, you you got to play with you got to play under Kenyon, excuse me, for one year. Now Kenyon has decided to step down as coach, uh, step away from the big three. You know, after being the first player signed by the big three, being there for three years. I mean, is it going to be? It's got to be weird knowing that that Kmart's not going to be in the league in some capacity this year. It's already weird. <laughs> it's already weird. It's like talking to him, and, and as he was making that decision, um, it was kind of like, "Dang, I hear him. I hear him saying this might not be. He might not be back." But I, it's kind of, it's not going to really kick in until we actually start the season and don't see him. Yeah. But I already had that feeling already. Like, golly, like Ken, Ken's not here. Like. And I, you know, I thanked him because he took a chance with me. He gave me, he gave me opportunity. Like, and from that opportunity, it trickled on to this season, making me a co-captain. And then this will be my second year. Like, I'm very grateful for him. So, it's, you know, I got nothing but love for Kenyon. But I, I wish, I wish he would still be, you know, was around because so we could build on what we started last year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I feel like you have to be pretty excited uh, going into this year about the acquisitions you guys made. So I feel like the timing of you coming on this podcast could not have been better. So let's talk about sort of like the crazy like week and a half that Trilogy's had. So you guys start off with in sort of like a shocking move. Steven Jackson retires as a player and becomes a coach. So what was the behind the scenes like during that process? Behind the scenes was a lot of hearsay. Okay. A lot of like, like I don't. A lot of things did come to fruition, but even the other, uh, the other transactions, I was hearing about for for quite some time, and it was like not knowing which one was true, which one was not. Mm. So Stack retiring and wanted to be a coach. Heard that, but thought that maybe he would have been with, they would have moved Oak to another team and he would have stayed there with Killer Threes. Um, the Zebo thing was the biggest shocker because yeah. <laughs> that was the biggest shocker only because I thought that it would have been, he would have been to Killer Threes. Okay, yeah, see, I, we thought, I, or at least I thought the same thing. Anthony so I called it on the last episode, but I thought he was going to Killer Threes. So I was hoping it wasn't happening. I was like, shit, I don't want them to have Zebo. I hope Zebo <laughs> decided not to come on. I hope Zebo decided not to come on. So when Clyde called me, it was like, yeah, man, uh, I want you to, you know, call Zebo and welcome him to the league. No way. And I was like, wait, welcome them to, to welcome what team? To the league? Like, what, like, what you mean? What you mean? Like, welcome to the league. He was like, yeah, cause he's, he's going to be your captain of the trilogy. Wow. And I was like, oh, man, that changed. <laughs> that was, that changed a lot. Then Stack hit me and was like, hey, little bro. Uh, see, at this point, he didn't know that I knew that Zach was coming. Mm-hmm. So he was like, hey, little bro, you know, like keep this between us right now. It'll be out soon. But he's like, I got Zebo on board and I'm going to be coaching y'all this year. That's and then wild. I was like, oh, shit. I said, oh, man. <laughs> I said, golly, like, 
<laughs> you said it's a wrap. So, we head to the championship. So I mean, like it's you still have to play the game. Absolutely. But I'm very, very, I'm very, I'm very optimistic on our chances of being able to compete for, which is our goal, and that's to win. See this season four for me, and at this point, I want to. MVP doesn't matter. Steals leader doesn't matter. None of that matters. You know, I want I want the trophy now. So I feel like we're in a good position to to come to compete for that. And this draft is going to be real real important for us to get those other Ooh. pieces. Yeah, no doubt. This draft is going to be exciting. And man, it's funny that you you say you know about Zebo and you thinking he's going to kill her threes because you know with uh, Stack's podcast that he does with Matt Barnes, he was. He was talking about recruiting Zebo to a team, and so Will and I initially thought, oh, we must be recruiting him to, yeah. to kill her threes. He's coming to kill her threes. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and so when we found out about Stack being a head coach, you know, it kind of clicked in my head. Like, you know, maybe this man's been sitting on knowing about coaching Trilogy for a sec, and he's really just recruiting nah, him to think, whatever team. I, I think everything was all moving parts, though. Really? Okay. okay. I, I think it was kind of like, excuse me. I think it's kind of like, not that not that Stack needed any any kind of help, but if he's like, man, I got Zebo on board, but I want to coach, find a find a, a spot for me, because you know, I'm pretty sure they decided they wasn't going to move Oak. You know what I'm saying? So, so you think Zebo was going wherever Stack was going? I think the fact of Stack signing, I think. Zebo signed on to basically go wherever Stack was going. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I, I I assume that. I mean, yeah, it would make sense. You know, that I, does make sense. I'm not. I don't know, like exactly their connection. You know, throughout the course of their lives, yeah, but right. you know, it, it seemed. Yeah, you never know. Like some of these guys, you know, have uh, they're they're connected or have uh, some type of relationships. But from what I understand. That's what it was. It was like a package deal kind of thing. Yeah, no doubt. So I'm just happy that we the package landed on my on our support. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt, man. That's gonna be that team is nuts. I mean, just looking at the the three captain spots there. I mean, it's looking like you know you're probably gonna be the primary ball handler there. We've obviously seen what you can do. You know, in that role, uh, you'll have James out there. Obviously, he's he's been a, a core part of the trilogy for all three years been doing his thing and then then Zebo add to the league. So what what going into this draft, you know, as you guys are contemplating con- contemplating who you guys are selecting and I know we don't know a lot of who's going to be in the draft pool, but uh-huh. what are you guys kind of looking at in terms of filling out the rest of the roster here? So like you said, we don't know who and exactly what it will be available. We just have an idea of what we look for. And, of course, I mean, at the end of the day, trying to get the best available player. The best player, like, it's not like we're saying, I don't think, this is my thoughts, hey, we need a shooter, we need a shot blocker, we need this. Now, if we can find a shooter and a shot blocker or a shooter and, like, somebody that could handle the ball and has some size, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, we don't, we're not making like this roster is short. So it's not like you can have one shooter here, ball handler here, big man here, you know what I'm saying? So 
if we could kind of find all those things in one, what we call like a hybrid player, a couple hybrid players, hybrid players to to fill that roster, I guess we would still need a little bit more size. But it's really just got to see what's available. Yeah, for sure. It was available to fit around us, you know. Um, and, and size seems to be like, you know, really coveted in this league. I mean, especially based on the draft last year. You know, you know, other than Royce White there, the first pick, I felt like it was just guys six, eight, and taller, really just going throughout the, yeah. the first round there. That's 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 the ideal. The ideal to have like a six, seven, six, eight guy who could do, you know, a little bit of everything. Because, <clears throat> like for instance, is is as dynamic as Nate is. I know that first year that used to be, you know, sometimes he find himself not on the floor. Not that he can't complete, but it's just always a mismatch. Now, he's a mismatch for somebody on offense. For sure. But then on defense, you know, they would exploit that, and that's that's just normal. So <clears throat> it's a because you're only three-on-three three and half-court, you know, toughness and size, um, that that if you have that, that's a – that's, um, you know, that's a plus. But – we just we for real at the end of the day we want tough guys and guys that's coming in that's gonna buy into that, you know you you know how intense Stacker is so yeah definitely can't have no you know salties coming in there like you gotta you gotta be prepared, <laughs> you gotta be prepared big facts big you facts well I mean yeah I mean not just on trilogy but in the league itself you know man this thing this thing is so physical so perfect for you know, your team, everybody on your team, and then adding a guy like Zebo, who, you know, we've seen throughout his career how physical he is. I mean, this is a match made in heaven. Y'all are going to ball out this year. Um, kind of wanted to ask you, you know, I know a, a lot of guys in, in this league have have some NBA experience, obviously, but then a lot of you guys have played overseas. Uh, just wanted to kind of ask you, like, talk about kind of the platform the Big Three has given you and other players. Uh, you know, just like making yourselves like prevalent to maybe people who don't know your skill set or haven't gotten to see you play at a professional level to be able to do that on a platform like the big three uh, and a professional space in the United States and, and people actually finally get to see your game and what you're made of. I mean, ultimately what, what has that experience been, been like? Because from the sound of it earlier, it sounded like that you, you really prioritize the big three, you know, when you were going back to Italy and then coming back here. So, I mean, just, Talk yeah. about a little bit about you know how what the big three has done for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gotta say I've been you know extremely blessed, like for this opportunity because in the beginning there was kind of like it wasn't clear if you had to have NBA experience or just professional experience. Now, I've of course have the least NBA experience of. At one point of all the guys in the league, but the fact that I did sign on to a roster, never played a game, I was able to get in there, you know, to crack, to, 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 to I, I basically fit the fit the uh, criteria to get into the league. But after that, when they were trying to make it that you, no overseas guys. I actually saw a message from Cube that was said, 
Um, because of guys like David Hawkins, we have to open it up to other Europeans. That's players. awesome. And I said, man, saying that, I said, I was messing around like, yeah, y'all, y'all owe me ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't open the door. I didn't crack the code for y'all. But nah, just just to, for that, to be a part of that and to to be able to change lives of like a, I guess like a Frank Nitty who was able to get in now. For sure. Yeah. Because of that. You know what I'm saying? He might not have had that chance before. So for me, it was, it's, to get back to the question, like I've played overseas since 2004, 2005. I had a decent career. These last few years, I was only going over <clears throat> for playoffs anyway. So I wasn't playing the whole season. So that's why I prioritized the big three because I was going over to get in shape for the big three. Okay. Like I was using that these last few months of the, the season in Europe to be ready for the summer. But also, my immediate family, of course, have seen me and have traveled over there and lived over there with me. But, you know, the people who see me at Temple haven't seen me since, you know, the early 2000s. So having this platform to be able to come in and show the, the people who's like, you know, I wonder what Hawk up to or, oh, damn, Hawk can still play. I remember Hawk doing this. <laughs> like, that's, that's a good feeling right there. And then also just my young kids, see, my older kids were able to see me. But my young kids didn't get to see me play professionally, so... My son's been at the games and come to the press conference and download yeah, the garden and and, and uh, where, where the Boston Celtics play like that's those are experiences that you can never take away. Absolutely, and you know it's life changing. So that's why I say it. it's been a real blessing to be this opportunity. I'm taking it for all that it's worth, and I'm definitely not taking it for granted because this has been everything for me. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a pioneer in this league, man. You you blaze a lot of trails for for those to come. You know, as the the big three starts to mold itself a little bit more in the summer, uh, continues to evolve each year in and out. I mean, really paving the way for a lot of guys. So, I mean, and you've you've definitely shown it's it's not about not about your name. It's about your game. I mean, not to sound too cliche on the big three's motto there, but you're you're kind of the epitome no, of that, true. man. So. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, I feel like just to bounce off of what Anthony said, I feel like, you know, you can't really tell the story of the big three without uh, telling the story of David Hawkins. So I feel like that's something to really be proud of. Uh, so I absolutely, I'm really glad that you've sort of found this league and I've, and I've had the opportunity to watch you and I am really look forward to this upcoming year. You and me both. Yeah, no so doubt. So what... Uh, just sorry to interrupt you, Anthony. So what, so for this upcoming year, I guess I'll, I'll end with this. What are your expectations? Uh, not just for trilogy, but for like a league as a whole, like we know there's still a couple more captain slots to be filled. Uh, we sort of kind of have an idea of who may be on the table for some teams, but there's other teams where we're, it's a mystery. Well, I mean, (laughs) we've been here, we've been hearing some swaggy P stuff with Gilbert Arenas, right? I've heard that. I've heard that. Uh, I mean, I don't know what I, I should it be asking sense. you. It, it, would yeah. make, it would make all the sense in the world. It would make all the sense in the world. And I really hope that that happens. Like, even for the league, they have to see. I, you know, they played on each other's team in Washington, so where I'm mm-hmm. from. So I remember seeing them, you know, on the court together and just that relationship they have. 
it would be good for the league off the court as well, just seeing those guys back together again. But um, with the, the whole league being the fireball league now and the new rules, and I'm excited about those rules. I'm excited about the, the, the little bit of changes to see how the public accepts that because I think it would be great just imagine going one-on-one front of you know millions of people watching and thousands of people in the stands with that bring the fire rule that's exciting right there that's the thing i'm mostly looking forward to yeah it's gonna be fun yeah that's gonna that's gonna be insane and we've certainly seen you take a few people as far as like it's just i'm expecting the league to, to be more competitive than it was last season because i've seen from season one into now the level and intensity has gotten higher, and that's good for the league. So I expect that to continue. And I just hope that guys can stay healthy and, uh, you know, be able to not have those injuries. We had a couple guys had injuries, and that's 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 hard to see. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a short, it's a short season, and, some guys get injured in there. Oh, my man, Birdman, he's retired now from his knee injury. Um, Jermaine Taylor actually tore his Achilles, but he should be back this season. I'm excited he's for had him. Like a real, real, he's had a real, real like good rehab. So I just hope guys stay healthy and just, you know, come bring it. For sure. And super excited for Jermaine Taylor. He's going to be a fun one. Another guy I feel like who's kind of opened the door for some other people after a, kind of a shorter NBA right. career. But – Super excited, man, and I hope the off-season training continues to go well. Excited for what's to come. Excited for Trilogy. Um, you know, keep grinding, man, and uh, best of luck to you uh, coming up here in Season 4. Excited to see what you guys do. Appreciate you joining us. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.